What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Hello and welcome to another Dropkick Off podcast. Um, it's me, your favourite Nick, Nicholas Hartman, uh, hosting again today. And today you're with your second or perhaps third favourite Nick. I'm not really sure. I don't keep count. Um, Nick Vasiliev and as always here with Nathan Williamson, uh, former and future New Zealand correspondent. Um <laughs> And we just thought we'd come online to uh, talk a few things. There's a few random things going on in rugby, some important things um, and some not so important things. Uh, But we're going to talk about them and you're going to listen um, and stay online, please. It sounds like a a threat. (laughs) You're going to sit here and you're going to listen. You're going to like what we say about the things. Yeah, yeah, of course. with it all. I You're mean, if you haven't cocked off now, you're, you're, you're saying for long haul. Well, we're uh, 69 <laughs> episodes down, so, uh, like, if you're not, yeah. if you're, you're clearly listening at this point still, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess first cap of the rack, we've got to talk about the Wallabies fixtures got announced. Uh, as you might recall, it's World Cup year this year, so there's only going to be five games before the World Cup. Actually, I don't know if we'll get in trouble for saying five games. Nathan will talk about that later. So, 9th of July, between 9th of July and 5th of August, where Wallabies are playing South Africa uh, at Loftus, uh, which I think is in the High Belt, Argentina and Parramatta, uh, New Zealand and the MCG, and New Zealand at Dunedin. Um, Nick, I'm not sure what's here to say about this, except that Brisbane's not getting a game, um, which is devastating. Well, Obviously. they did get they did get a whole bunch of games in like two or three years ago. Yeah, they did. Like, <laughs> didn't they get like two or three back to back? So, but yeah, I mean, you know, such is the nature of it being a World Cup year. Um, the preparation time is is the questions that you ask. I am excited for that Argentinian game because now I know exactly when I'm going to be having my bachelor night because uh, you, you can't finish a proper bachelor night without going. I mean, to your bucks party, not That's just awesome. like every other Saturday you've had for the last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, what what a way to do it! Watching us play play Argentina and Parramatta. You know, last time last time it happened, I think it was a draw. So it can only go up from there. So, yeah. yeah. And if, if, if what happens if we make Checker mad? If he, and he oh. punches another win, and, and he punches another window, he can't even, have that. Even better. But I was going to say, just on that Brisbane stuff. Brisbane stuff. There's a point everyone seems to be missing. It's this, you know, this little thing called the Women's World Cup. You know, oh. that, that whole big thing, which is why they can't host in Brisbane. I saw so many people be like, oh, we can't, you know, why is Suncop missed out? Blah, blah, blah. Guys, it's hosting like six, six of the Women's World Cup. You can't, you can't host anything on it outside of it for a good, like, two months. And when you look mm. at this schedule, this is, it, this is what stands out to me. It's just getting a couple of venues you just probably wouldn't get for a, you know, rugby championship, you know, an MCG is you know the return there like it's sure it sucks for a for a rugby game but when you look at the grounds unavailable it includes you know ANZ uh, Allianz Suncorp as I said um you know you didn't have many other options other than maybe take it to Perth 
Um, mm. And then you look at from the Kiwi side, the b- big thing there, no Eden Park. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So they're all of a sudden having to take this game to Dunedin. I think from memory, they last time they played Dunedin, they beat us. I think it was it was last five, ten minutes, wasn't it? I think it was. It was yeah, it that was, was that when Israel Flau. Yeah, it was the one that, where Israel uh, Flau took the Yeah. Yeah, and ran the so, whole field or something. All of a sudden, it's it's an interesting fixture list in terms of just kind of different venues that can be used. And, you know, home home blower side to start off with, you put put a bit of pressure on a New Zealand side, which is going through a bit of a coaching discussion at the moment with, you know, what happens there. I yeah, feel well, like we say well, actually, what is that news? That was something like uh, Razor Robertson said he would make an announcement or, or something, right? Basically, um, basically, he hinted at like well, this is going to get sorted in the next couple of days. So everyone, everyone's thinking, oh, like they're going to make a, make a choice about the All Blacks coach. But I, I don't think they'll make it. Again, knowing me, every time I say this, it gets announced like twenty four hours later. So I'm probably not the best. <laughs> knowing my luck, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it'd be too late for them to make a choice now. But again, as, as I watch this space, so you know, it's going to be. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, wait, basically, he was saying, I'll be announced as the All Blacks coach. Well, he'll so, he came his... out by himself and said that. No, he'll decide his future. He said he'll make an announcement on his future in the next couple of days. Oh, so it's like LeBron when LeBron had that show. So, so the you... decision part two. Yeah. Decision <laughs> part two. Robertson on a budget of like <laughs> 50 grand instead of 5 million. Yeah. Uh... I was going to say, the rumor is he'll go to, um, he'll join up with Fiji's coaching staff as an assistant for this World Cup. And then 24, still undecided, but maybe head to Europe if he doesn't get And what rugby pays are their wages, right? Isn't that the setup they've got? Would not Fiji? have a clue to be honest on the top of my head. It's, I will just say, how interesting has it been how many coaches at this point have, have actually jumped ship in, in a World Cup year? And we were talking like, I mean, Eddie Jones has got, has got five fixtures here that to, you know, to kind of get a sense of what this Wallaby squad is and how they'll play under his management. But you can get a sense pretty quickly already of, of how difficult the task is for several very key teams. I mean, I know we'll touch on the Six Nations a little bit later, um, but, I mean, there's been a stark contrast to c- compared, you know, with some of the teams that, who have been all established, all settled, all ready to go, and the teams that have just uh, brought on a brand new brand new coaches, England and Wales. It's uh, the sticking out like sore thumbs. And add to the fact you you touched on Fiji earlier, Vern Cotter's gone, which is a huge, big, uh, huge news um, there. So, you know, if the All Blacks were to do Why'd it... Why'd he I, go? Why'd he go? What is the official reason why he went? Hang on. I, I haven't got it here in front of me, but I think, it, like, it was obviously clearly something... I mean, it said effective immediately. Um, this, it's also... It's, it, this, it also adds... There's a couple of interesting announcements that have come out of Fiji, such as their their star player has also been... Re- has, was also released off contract... Um, mm. Vinay from the draw. Yeah, he was released like for according to the the draw, it was a breaching code of breach of code of conduct, um, like a severe breach of code of conduct, which suggests something really. Yeah, no, I I think he got arrested for domestic violence, which is not great. Allegedly, we don't. I don't even know for sure, but let's just chuck the fat. Oh yeah, in in case, in case the. The Fiji prosecutors come after us. Okay, so the reason we're number one in Fiji. <laughs> okay, in Fiji. so according to <laughs> according to the Fiji the FIU chairman, 
Um, basically, undisclosed personal reasons was the reason why was the reason given for why Cotter um, stood uh, stepped down. Undisclosed personal reasons. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so, it's not like the results were that flash heading into it as well. Like they got beat by got beat by Samoa in that Pacific Nations Cup. Got beat by Oz A. Beat by Scotland and Ireland in November. Um, and you know, in twenty one was there got you know drew with Georgia and got beat by Wales. It's not exactly in red hot form. So I think it's just they probably probably found themselves in the crossroad again and and just had to make a choice. Mm. But I, I guess at uh, the red hot form, I guess for a country like Fiji, it's probably a bit hard. Like, did they have the full set of players that they have access to? And then even if they did have access to them, you know, they're flying over from France uh, that's, that's or whatever. True, but... And then, you know, seeing each other, saying, hey, and then going back home a week later kind of Yeah, but gear. you'd think that there'd be a lot more cohesion in that side with the inclusion of the Drew in Super Rugby. I think, I mean, obviously it wasn't totally reflective in that Pacific Nations Cup and how they went, but um, you assume that it would be a case of that Cotter would probably have been aware that the team was still building something and obviously they're trying to set a bit more foundation for Fijian rugby in general because in the past, like you mentioned, Nick, it was a simple case of pulling boys from their, their big massive contracts overseas to come play a couple of a handful of games. Pulling boys from the big massive what, Nick? From <laughs> excuse you, <Jeff. laughs> but no, but going back to the wider point, I don't like it, considering all of the changes that are happening now. I think it would be insane to uh, to even though I think Fozzie is you know he's I think he's been shown up a bit as a coach for the All Blacks, even though they have did have an improved year at the end of last year. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not exactly thinking going into this World Cup, thinking the All Blacks are going to win it at the moment. Let's be honest. Um, you know that may, well, that that, actually, that quote may come back to bite me in the, at the end of the on year. On that on that point, actually, that's a good segue. Nick. I'm going to take it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to talk about Six Nations now. Mm. Uh, Ireland and France looking pretty strong. Nathan. Oh, actually, Nathan. How many? I, I mean, I haven't. I've seen one or two minutes of it. Uh, but Nick, you said you watched all of them. Uh, Ireland and France looking pretty strong. Got time on my hands at the moment. It's a <clears throat> it's a glorious thing to uh, to watch for undisclosed personal reasons. For undisclosed personal reasons. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but it's been a really fascinating Six Nations. I'm not going to lie. Um, the uh, it's cl- cl- very clear. I've I've noticed the in the two games that Ireland has performed. Ireland are really looking outstanding. Um, they're looking at cut above everyone. I was really expecting the game against France. Uh, many kind of touted that one as the game that was effectively going to decide the Six Nations um, because those teams, are the, those two are arguably the strongest teams this year. Um, and I'll tell you what, the, the Irish are really good at those sneaky little bending of the rules. I just started to notice it. Like, they're, they're really sneaky, like... You know, hold, keeping players, keeping the key players on the ground in the tackles, key moments where they just bend the rules ever so slightly, which which makes it's those little one percenters that make a huge difference, and it really showed in that game against France. Not this, and I think the French actually played all right. They didn't play too bad, but it was just a fact that Ireland knew how to capitalize on the shortcomings of the French team better than the French were able to short to capitalize on the shortcomings of the Irish side. Um, Really interesting game, and you know, 
says a lot about the state of you know Ireland being seen as the as the number one team in the world. Um, I think they definitely proved it because you know if you were to ask me going into the World Cup what the, what the grand final would look like, I would definitely say Ireland would be in there um, before they you know go for their characteristic choke in the quarters. Um, and they are absolutely looking ridiculously good, and I think that game confirmed it. Um, add to the fact that they just beat the heck out of Wales in in, uh, in Cardiff, which was, was just an unbelievable performance. And tell you what, Scotland are looking really red hot, um, especially... They're, like, they're, they're two up as well. Yeah. <clears throat> in the same pool as Ireland as well in the World Cup. So all of a sudden that's... Like, have we had... I was going to pose a question. Have we had, like... Now it's still six months out. Has there been a bigger group of death than this one that we have coming up? When you have... You have Irish, South Africans, and the Scottish all in the same pool. Add Tonga in there as, as a fourth side just to kind of cause a bit of chaos. Like, that's... One of those... Instantly, you get heading into a World Cup, the two, two of the form teams in Six Nations, plus South Africa, one of the best teams in the world, one of those guys aren't making it out of the group stages. Mm. Like that That's nuts to say. Mm. Mm. Like, if you were to point a gun at me and say, which one do you think of the three of them do you think is not going through? At the moment, and I feel bad for saying this, I would still say In Scotland. what scenario is someone pulling a gun on someone to go, what are your predictions? Mate, Tell me your answer. Mate, have you, have you pulled a prediction or Mate, done. have you ever, like, I'm sorry, if you were, like... When people get have intense rugby arguments, they have intense rugby arguments. I think that's just you. It'd be the most, mo- the most Mossman thing possible. What? What'd you say about the NRC? <laughs> um, but you know, but yeah, I actually like this. The the Scots are, are looking fantastic. I mean, the fact that they've got one five Calcutta cups back to back. I had to blink twice and just be like, "It's been that many? My God, what, what Eddie? What were you doing, mate?" Um, which begs the question. Planning for the future. Planning for the future. Pl- Planning um, for the future. And and yeah, I, it's crazy. I, but I, I did see this on social media. Uh, someone did throw up uh, on social media uh, in terms of a question, not not food. Yeah, I was about to say gross. Um, just, just threw up just on Twitter itself. Just, just, just threw up. That just sounds like, like Twitter in general. Just oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they threw up and also posted. Um, but the the group that Australia like sailed out of in the England World Cup, which was Australia, England, Wales, Fiji, and can't remember. Do you remember that one? Maybe it was Uruguay. It was it Uruguay. Uruguay? Uruguay. Was it Uruguay? I think Uruguay was nineteen. Uh, uh, maybe we we seem to get the same. Anyway, it was <laughs> it was it was Uguay, Yeah, it was Uruguay. Yeah, how, how, how about that for memory? Mm. Hold a gun to that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what a pass the test. You're, surviv- um, you're surviving in the North Shore. Congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'd get out a um, get out of Greenwood unscathed. Um, uh, was that a harder group? Like before, obviously Australia demolished England. I don't think so. In terms, in terms of form wise, at, at the time, I don't think so. No, I, was, I don't think so. I think this is. I think this pool betters it. Okay. Considering the form of South Africa, Ireland, and now Scotland, who I mean, the previously because we were saying like of the three, I predict Scotland wouldn't make it, but that's because similar, like in the Six Nations, they've had a knack of particularly of late of starting strong 
and then having inconsistent week to week form. I mean, they had they actually had really struggled to knock over Wales. You know, whenever they play a second round against them, and then mm. here they come out and win thirty five to seven. Um, which you, you beg the question: Is that more of an indictment on the fact that of how of how far far behind the how far behind the eight ball Gatlin's Wales is currently, or is it just the fact that Finn Russell is an unbelievably great general for that backline, and this Scottish team is the real deal? It's scary when you say how well Finn Russell played. It's the scary thing for me is that Scotland are now learned to win when he, like when he has a bad game. Mm-hmm. Look at that! Look at that England game. He was he was not at his best. Yeah, they still found a way to get it done. And that's the kind of sign of the, this side's really taking kind of another step forward. So mm. man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting Six Nations coming forward. With You know, the quality has been top-notch. You know, looking forward to see how how France rebound after that Ireland defeat. Because I still think they're absolute quality and they're deserved favourites mm. of this of this World Cup. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, all, it's just so open. It's going to be good. So yeah, so France got France Scotland in two weeks time, I believe, as well as your next is the, yeah. the headline game Italy, for the next round. So Italy, Ireland, Wales, England, France, Scotland. Yeah, not also not to take away from Italy. I think Italy have like looked like they've taken an active step up. To, um, yeah, as where well. they come from? I, it's just that like I'm twenty coming through. It just I just yeah. so good. Yeah, no, they've got back that, is gun. The, they've got a gun flanker. I can't remember his name. Um... Oh Negri, He's Negri, yeah, Sebastian, He's Sebastian Negri. Um, but he touched dude's face on the weekend, so I think he might get banned. Um, but yeah, like coming out of nowhere, and it's great to see. Well, Just, I think it's an investment. It like they've been investing in that in their like youth for a long time, probably because Italy has needed to. Um, like they've been, they've had such inconsistent form for so many years, and often seen as the easy beating tier one nation. This is probably the culmination of a good ten years of investment in the talent that in in the talent and the playing group that they have now, and it's I think it's going to pay for them, pay back for them in spades. I mean that I mean obviously I think the the game against England probably wasn't a, a full indication of how well they played. I think it's that one was they probably underperformed significantly, but if you're an Italian side that is pushing France all the way, and France is seen as the legitimate World Cup contender. Um, uh, what was the score? Twenty four twenty nine at uh, Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Then your 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 team is clearly on the right track, and clearly doing some stuff right. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and also add to the fact that their under twenty side has also been playing quite well, still to grab a win uh, in the current under twenty uh, situation, but uh, comp. But they are playing really good rugby at the moment. Yeah, um, that's pretty exciting. It's nice to see. New teams come through. Um, cool. Just remind everyone that Wales um, is crab juice at the moment, and uh, they're in Australia's pool coming up. So uh, Australia, let's go back to Wallabies fixtures for a second. Georgia, Fiji, Wales, and Portugal are our um, fixtures. There um, kind of looks like Georgia, Fiji, and Wales will all be in the same page. Um, Move it on. Um, Nathan, this one's for you, because not only are you a New Zealand correspondent, you're also a Kirribilli correspondent. Because <laughs> um, you went to Kirribilli House for the Wallaroos news. 
that's, um, that's and, correct. Get, and, and got to debate um, 19th century uh, labor theory with um, our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Albanese uh, Amongst a couple other things, yeah. Just yeah. Um, so go on, tell us, tell us more. Is um, is Engels right? <laughs> I wish I had any idea what you were talking about. I've got no fucking clue. <laughs> um, so, but yes, this is the announcement for the um, essentially Wallaroos and essentially fifth day aside women's game in Australia on Saturday. It's a massive announcement in terms of what's coming up. I guess your your big your big talking points is that this for the first time them getting those kind of central contracts with Rugby Australia. I think it's up to fifty two thousand they could earn in a year, which again still still needs improving on, but it's a step in the right direction. When you couple that with minimum payments to Super W, um, more funding in terms of high investment, pregnancy and parenting plans, like just, just like that, it's just a step in a real real good direction. And yeah, I was at Kirribilli for the announcement. Um, you know, Albo was nice enough to host the event and just, yeah, real casual, real casual event. You know, everyone from the sort of government side and around was really on board with it. You know, you could see him mingling with the players who, again, I'm, I think his dog was more popular than anyone else in that building. It was just, the dog got hijacked by like six or seven players. You go, it's all over their social media if you want to say it. Albo's dog, dog. Albo's dog is, he's a good dog. He's a good dog. He's a good boy. He's, he's a, a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Um, but yeah, again, um, just, once again, it's a great step forward. Um, something that really, I think, was identified well before the World Cup. And, you know, it's on this pathway of they want, you know, if you want to compete with the Englands, New Zealands and the Frances of the world, this needs to happen. You need to start going down this, this route of professionalism. And, you know, you couple with this with an expanded format, a whole bunch of girls heading overseas to England to get further game time in them. You know, it just kind of speaks to the growth of this program that's just going to keep coming. And, you know, with the potential of now a crossover crossover comp with the New Zealand teams, like it's a it's a really good space for it to be. I think it's the trick is now making sure this isn't a one-off, making sure RA really kind of recognizes what they have here and be like, right, let's go forward. Let's just keep these people, keep someone like a Piper Duck in the game who, again, spoke in front of all these government people, including the Prime Minister, and for a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, you look at her speak, you look at the way she carries herself, like that's the type of person you want to keep in the game, mm. the type, like type of person that could lead this team heading forward. And if you have the next generation of young talent coming through, like we've kind of, you know, like we've seen through Super W trials this week as well, particularly, you know, a young Waratahs team got the best of the Reds team full of Wallaroos. Like that's the people you want to keep in the game. You want to stop them going to NRLW or any other codes. So again, it's a great step forward, but needs it's one of those things. This is the benchmark. How do we keep building from here? Agreed. Massive injection. Like again, I, I it is it's a starting point, um, and hopefully we build on it because uh, hopefully the day comes where you know the Wallaroos can be a, as big a draw card as as the men. Um, but you know, considering I think this is going to be a, such a huge injection, not just for uh, you know, heading towards the the you know addressing the issues of of, of gender pay, but also the, the fact that our women's team haven't haven't had the chance like this will this will be such a huge help for them in terms of allowing their time to focus on rugby by t- by 
easing some sort of financial burden on them um, to actually give them the time. I reckon we'll see such a huge improvement in the quality of the of the national side just from from this news. Again, a great starting point, and let's hope they build on it. Yeah, and the Nathan. fact that this, so just one point. So the fact that this announcement was treated in such a way that you know you were able to convince of you know get the prime minister on board to host the event. Like again, it's one of those things that must be stressed. All the funding is coming from Rugby Australia, so there is still potential that you can kind of use this trade partnership to get the federal government or state governments on board just to kind of further invest it. But the fact that announcement like this is traded in such a way is such a good step forward, I reckon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, Come on, mate. Show some more enthusiasm. Get, a, Jesus. get behind it. God. <laughs> I am um, I am behind it. It's great. Um, <laughs> but Nathan, no. To head down. Jeez. <laughs> hey. Um, he, he's, still, um, he's still stuck on Wales. He's still just living in the moment of Wales being crab juice. That's where he is. No, to be honest, I was trying to think of uh, some kind of a sensical Marxist question to ask Nathan. Um, <laughs> Something that Marx, Marcus expert right here. Can I yeah, right, yeah. Here's the okay. question. Should Elbow's dog be the mascot of the Wallaroos? It should be the mascot of everyone. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, hopefully this gets cut out. Um, <laughs> oh, mate, it's all staying. Uh, Nathan, I, got a, I do have a question for you, Nathan. <laughs> Um, what's the kind of position on NRLW? Um, like, and when I say that, are they worried about NRLW poaching the players? Um, are they happy for them to go over? Like, how are they dealing with that? As you know, women's rugby becomes more professional. Um, that will that question will have to be answered, right? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think you'd rather it stay in rugby as much as possible. Like, I, I think, you, you, and you already see a, a whole bunch of rugby union players who have made that trip over. You people like your Emma Tonegatos, your Millie Boyles of the world, people who, you know, have represented Australia in union and then saw the kind of, has been, you know, picked up by these NRL clubs who can offer, you know, who are closer to professionalism than what Super W has, can provide. So it's an absolute, absolutely a major threat. And when you look at, you know, someone like Mahalia Murphy running out for, um, running out for the Bulldogs in the New South Wales Premiership, like what, what that means to her, you know, status, I have no idea at, at this stage, but it's an absolute threat. So, you know, you need actions like this just to compete with it, just to kind of, you know, show that, you know, show that they're actually trying to fight to keep these players. And so you, when, we get, when we get to a stage where we have a World Cup, this is the best best talent possible. This is a good step forward. So I was looking at the comparison of what uh, NRL or the NRLW pays. So <clears throat> from the 2022 season which, um, last year, basically all teams moved to basically a salary cap system of $350,000, um, which was an increase on 28% from the, um, from the previous time. And also that state of origin payments were, were around $6,000 um, with all star payments to $3,000. So obviously you're not at the same level right now, but it's a big step in the right direction and certainly a much more competitive uh, start or a much more competitive offer from a financial perspective. And we consider as well what's this kind of sevens blows them out of the water as well in terms of 
terms of when you compare it to NRLW in terms of payments and all that sort of stuff. So they're like, and that is like the perfect platform. That's a perfect kind of argument to show that this works. If you, if you invest in this talent, you can really get some results and reward in terms of, you know, in terms of creating these the heroes for next generation, you know, and seeing that funnel through to participation and all that sort of kind of good stuff that comes with that sort of, sort of success. So I guess the key is now is just, you know, We've got an expanded calendar. I think it's testing in Fijiana before Pacific um, Pacific Four Comp. You start getting wins. You start kind of building more of the profile up. You can really put yourself in a good position for next year. So next couple of years. So yeah, it's again to kind of wrap wrap it up. It's a it's an exciting time, but it's you know just a, it's the first step. It's not the we're not at the peak yet. Speaking of being at the peak, we're not at the peak because Super Rugby's doing trials. To be honest, I've been going to the beach instead of watching rugby. Sorry, Ooh. it's still hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, Nathan, yes, you're not very tanned at the moment, so I'm guessing you've been <laughs> sitting at home on Saturday. Yeah, the shots, the shots from the man again. Shots from the man who admitted he went to the beach. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, break break the fourth wall down while recording doesn't even have his camera. Yeah, on. so let's just let's just go in. Go, yeah, go. yeah. This go is down fascinating this way, to the person. He's at the beach right now. Uh, that's where he is. Like he's that he's that chilled no. out going to the beach. He's at the beach right now. No, that's just a soothing sound emanating tan. from my body. Yeah, the moon, t- no, the moon ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So first two weeks of the Super Rugby Trials in the books. Um, I say. Positive signs from all, from all teams. Firstly, just a note around kind of the, the speed of the game seems so much quicker with the new rules that are in. You know, shot clocks for scrums and lineouts and conversions. You know, the nine having to stay at the car, I think it was at the midpoint of the scrum means that you actually get clean ball instead of him just getting tackled as soon as he like even breathes on it. Like it, it really seems like a faster speed of the game and it kind of suits the play, suits the play style of a lot of teams. But, Again, plenty of good signs. Um, Brumby's 2-0. Corey Tool looks like a real X-factor out of that side. Um, Rebels put on a good effort, a Co- good fight against... Uh, against Is Corey Tool from the Sevens? Yep. And so he was... He's, the dude with the mullet and real, real quick. Uh, got absolute gas for days. That's the, that's the guy. He's scored a, du- scored a double against the Waratahs where he just kind of, every time he got the ball, he just looked like scoring. He's mm. just adds... Another weapon to that to that back line. So yeah, it reminds me of my like early twenties. Got your mullet. You've still got one on William Street. <laughs> Gas for days. Mullet looks like he scores every time he touches <laughs> the ball. Um, I got a question. I got a question for you, Nate. Quickly. Nick. Um, sorry, Nick, but I was just going to ask: Are the boys like have all the teams also just been working hard on their conditioning? Because the boys look jacked, like in all squads. Yeah. I want to ask: Is it like has there actually been something going on? Well, there's a real, I know this, particularly around the Waratahs, there was a real kind of admission that, like, fitness-wise, they reckon they were up there with, like, some of the better sides. But what came, what was hurting them was the fact they just weren't big enough to take on the Kiwis. So you look at the Waratahs in particular, I'll use them as an example because they've been the most open about it, is they've just really gone with the now option of let's just bulk up more instead of kind of working on fitness. We'll work the fitness will work in as we play games and kind of in usual conditioning. But you enter these seasons with, you know, someone like Will Harris put on nine kilos of muscle. 
Charlie Gamble's up four kilos. Like they're all just like look roaming around looking absolutely jacked just to try and kind of win that with a kind of sole purpose of trying to win that collision battle against the Kiwis. And again, watching that game on Saturday at Narrabri, it looked like it. Both the Waratahs and Reds looked huge. It's still like, again, from the Red sides, they still looked like rapid around their, that back row. And yeah, the Waratahs winning carries, scoring rolling mall tries from like 15 metres out. You're like, where the hell has this come from? So like, again, they if it can translate and it, you know, you don't go all the way to the bulky side and not and kind of lose that extra speed and fitness that we kind of kind of saw the likes of the World Titles and Reds be able to expose teams and you know at certain stages of the year last year it can it could mean for a really competitive Super Rugby Pacific this year but that's like that is hot news in all senses of the word um <laughs> Uh, they've, got the, they've got the Instagram build going. Like, they're all yeah, looking absolutely yeah. massive. So, we should see uh, how it kind of correlates. But before we move on to our secret bonus topic of conversation, um, only available to all the Patreon subscribers. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, but if we did, it would be. Uh, I mean, Nick, do you have anything to say from the uh, trials? Yeah. it's it, Look, it was interesting watching, uh, like... A couple of those trials, I also, I also caught the the Reds the, the Reds Waratahs game. First of all, like shout out to Narrabri. that was a fun day out by the looks of it. The because they also had a cup a Super W trial um, happen as well, uh, which Nate alluded to earlier. The Waratahs uh, put in a really good performance there to beat the Reds. Um, I also want to also shout out the the fact that the Rebels women beat the daylights out of the Brumbies women in their Super Rugby trial 12-36, to 36, which is such a statement of intent from uh, from the girls down in Melbourne. Um, You're such a Brumbies fan that you even put in the losing score first. That's how dedicated you are. Brumbies always come first. Mate. 12-36. to 36. Oh, mate. Well, look, I don't, I, don't, I don't hide it. I've never hidden it. <laughs> like whenever whenever I go to to Allianz Stadium, I consider it hell, enemy territory. It's the it's the, the scum of the earth. It's where the Waratahs play. That's how it works. Um, but no, so, <laughs> you can you can turn away and discuss Nathan. But uh, how how many trophies have you got, and how many trophies have we got? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say what say what happens in in almost a week's time. <laughs> um, but it. Uh. Puma Trophy won, mm. but I do say I, I will say I think it's it's it was a particularly in, particularly interesting. I think a couple of teams were losing a lot, some were missing some of their star players. Rather, um, I'm particularly interested in watching the Rebels this year um, off the back of some of these trials. Uh, they're looking like they're playing with a lot more positivity. They were really missing something last year, um, to, like and I mean. We talked about it every time Dylan makes his his one-off, once-a-year appearance on the podcast. He It's basically just to rant about how how the Rebels are pissing him off this year. Uh, and <laughs> I really hope that they can they can turn it around and have a positive year. Um, it would just be nice to see the to see that team uh, put put together a really positive season. They've got they've got the caliber. For, uh, for undisclosed personal reasons, I have mixed feelings. Um, <laughs> But here we go. Final bonus question. Boys don't know what's hitting them. Uh, did either of you watch Super Bowl today? Yes, I did. Yes, and what did. did you think of it? 
it, as as entertainment, as a sport, as rugby, Nathan, you look like you're red in the face. Looks like you're angry. You've got your shotgun loaded. Once I, once I have a shotgun, just more nine millimeter. But no, again, like Super Bowl is the best kind of advertisement of you know if you wanted how to do a big event, how to kind of market it, how to you know create this grandeur around a certain event which just is unrivaled and you know to see you know from the halftime show from you know something as simple as like an anthem you know it's everything's bigger over there everything is just kind of hyped up such a degree how good was that guy crying (laughs) yeah the coach was crying over the again the irony being you know ended up being the losing coach as well so it was foreshadowing in the worst way possible but Again, it just it shows you know just how incredible America can do events, and you know, and it's why I think World Rugby try to is trying so hard to kind of break that market because like you get a half of that like for a World Cup final, can you imagine just half that? You get you know you have Rihanna at half Rihanna at half time, and it was like a twenty twenty five minute at, like concert that's going on. Like this is kind of. They set the benchmark every time, and you know if you can get something like that for a for a, you know equivalent of a World Cup or some kind of event. Like God, how just how good would that be? I would, I I hate halftime. So that's what I was thinking about actually while it was on. Um, so that kind of coincided with like twelve o'clock here in official Super Rugby time. Um, and I went <laughs> East out. East Coast I went elite out, time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and I went out to the shops and I came back and I ended, so I missed completely. But I was kind of like, when I'm watching a game and if I'm at the pub, and I get, like, shame on me for this, but I, I can, I'm there for the first half and everything, but then half time comes and I just lose my momentum. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, they just, like, amble out for the second half, then it starts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the football's back on. That's what we're here for. And I just think having the huge halftime show, I'd be out of it, you know? Because if you're there for the football, not for Rihanna, then you you go out. Part of the event. Mate, it's, yeah, like, I think the ads and the halftime show actually get more ratings, get higher ratings than the game itself. It's the whole thing. It's the whole package. Yeah, but, like, if you were just there for the football, wouldn't you zone out? You'd be, yeah, but that type of stuff. if you're not not there for Rihanna... just, just if you were, if you were, like, because I am. Like, I, I had no interest in it, personally, you, for undisclosed personal undisclosed reasons. personal reasons. You'd be like, no, it'll be like, it'd be basically the equivalent of the AFL. So, like, any sort of AFL pre-game entertainment, like, the vast majority of, like, all of the shows are basically slammed because people only really want to watch the football. Unless it's Meatloaf, then the show is legitimate. Well, and then they get, yeah, someone who's just like, <laughs> who, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah... I mean, it is what it is. I thought the show was... I thought it was really great. The game was fantastic. Um, And it did make me wonder, who the hell let Jordan Malatana go from Canterbury Bankstown? Yeah, Yeah. he's huge. Who the hell let him go? Like, Canterbury Bankstown, shame on you. Um, Because that that boy is a beast. The problem is, like, that's... That's why it's so... You know, when people try and make the argument, oh, why why can't USA play rugby? Why, you know, have all these, these like, college athletes that can do this and that. It's because, like, again, yeah, a person like that survives because, oh, oh, sorry, thrives. Because all you have to do is do, like, four or five seconds of action and then you get a break for 30 seconds. And it's just fast, you know, 
four or five seconds of action, then you break four or five seconds, and then you're off for a couple of minutes. Like it's just, it's such a different sport when it comes to that sort of stuff. And the reason why that's why he didn't work at rabbits or bulldogs is that he could only last ten to fifteen minutes. Like he was yeah, true. just his frame was that huge. He just couldn't. You can't move around. You can't be. You know. Can you imagine something like that trying to get from ruck to ruck? Yeah. You'd be stuffed. Mm. And he wouldn't be as big as he would be because. You'd have to shed like the dude's 160. Kelly, no, 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 yeah, could work yeah, there. Like the dude's Remember 166 kilos. Like, good luck moving that. <laughs> no, he looked huge. I remember he just slapped some dude on the back, and he was a f- two foot taller than him, one foot wider than him. Yeah, crazy. Imagine, oi, just the base. Hypothetical scenario: Jordan, Jordan versus uh, versus Jonah running at each other. Who knocks the other person out? Mm. <laughs> Cause, but did uh, you see on I the back, back of his helmet? Surely, on the back what, of their the helmets, they all had American flags. What was that? That's it. Uh, there's a lot of all of our Kiwi listeners will disagree with that. I mean, Lomu has got like speed for days, but is he moving 166 kilos? That's my question. If we're if we're doing a run it straight challenge, yes. Nah, give me give me my lot. I'm set. I know you have you have to get Madden 23 and rugby rugby challenge three. Yeah, <laughs> somehow combine the data and, and run. <laughs> or Jonah Lomu, or the Jonah Lomu game. We need to play that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's huge. And you, do you notice they all had like American flags on the back of the helmet, and some of them had a message. One guy had no racism. It's almost like it's in America. The Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, had it's almost like it's called Peace for this? All or something. It's like the sports called American football. Yeah, it's almost like it's like American. But Jordan Malida had an American flag and an Australian flag. Good boy. Well, yeah. Don't, but it's I like, mean, why can't he just have an Australian flag? Like, he plays American football for an American team in America. <laughs> so if the flag isn't American, you can't have it. Like you, you're playing a different sport. <laughs> I mean, well, why they... well, what football are we playing again? American flag. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> Nick Hartman never change. <laughs> it's a it's a weird comment on how like Americans have to be like, hey, you can't be Australian. You gotta praise us on your helmet. America, America. I don't know. That's that's the best way to describe it. Just America, America. I reckon you only like. It, <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I mean, if, if he's basically playing American football, there he basically owes his entire career to. Uh, to American football, I mean, lean into the moment. Is is, is it actually is it hurting anyone? Do we do we think it's hurting anyone? Do we really care that? Do much? we care that much? I don't. <laughs> I'm just had. I'm just happy my boy's there. I'm just happy yeah. my boy's there. Even though he's on the losing side. Like, I was just like, that's a bit like I you know. Okay, <laughs> America, I guess. Fuck yeah. America. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, for what it's worth, you boys didn't ask me because you're rude. Uh, but um, it was kind of enjoyable. It was a good game. I thought it ended pretty lamely uh, because the other dudes were just like it was just kind of like time wasting. Oh, that's just how every game ends, though, in American football. They just use the timeout. That's how they do it. No, no, just like as a general sport, you know. Mm. It didn't kind of reach a crescendo. They needed a French referee. It was kind of like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. They needed a French referee to call it. Yeah, they needed a French referee to call it. So, uh, 
Yeah, I reckon. Well, I mean, they got the holding call that kind of sorted it all out. So that was it. That was their close scene. They'll get to a row now. Yeah. But I'm going to say 38-35. They had to say, what, what more did you want? I thought, from a game, I thought it was really good. Like, No, it was really good. It was just kind of at the end, you know, usually when it's like tight and you're like, oh, okay, okay, pressure's on. But it was kind of like, okay, time out. Oh, okay. Take the knee. Oh, okay. You know, like it wasn't like a, they better not screw this up kind of thing. And there, and the other guys had one, uh, what's called Hail Mary. Hmm. And that's all they had. But yeah. Anyway, but it was a good game. It's just like thoughts coming from rugby, watching rugby, then watching that, you know? Well, well imagine, I'd imagine that, uh, when the, when Twiggy was launching, uh, the, that comp with the force while the force were in exile. He was he was aiming for something similar. I think they had Wolf Mother play it, uh, like at the opening game of that game. <laughs> so yeah, I reckon our our response, Super Rugby's response, get Wolf Mother to play at the grand final. Um, no, get mate, that but, Kiwi from get that that rapper from New Zealand who did the uh, A League song. Oh yeah, 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 that'd be good. I better say, have you not seen we've got super round? Man, we've got Daryl Braithwaite. That's all we need. Oh, yeah. The whole, yeah, Daryl Braithwaite. Move over. Move Is over. Is that really? Man. Is that legit? That's legit, yeah, mate. We've got, he's headlined Sunday. Like, I think Sunday afterwards. Oh, sorry, the Sunday portion of the game in terms of the entertainment. So, like, we're set. Road trip to Melbourne, boys. You know, actually, the only thing that can make that better is to get Burjo from Burjo's catchphrase. <laughs> Just... Get him in. Embrace it. Yeah. We're, I reckon road trip, road trip Nathan, to Melbourne put to that forward. Sort it, yeah. Yeah. I'll be, da- I'll be down there other regardless. Songs so, you know. Other than horses. Mate, what else does he need? Just play horses for 30 minutes straight. You sort it. Yeah. <laughs> has he even released other songs? Like, I, I don't even think he has. It was, it was just one song. Probably. No. 100% has. I'm kidding. Like, I'm kidding. <laughs> honestly, you know it's bad when like I thought for like a couple of seconds, I'm like, did he? <laughs> It's like it's one of those situations, like Stardust, that band who, who released one song that did really well, and then they never released a single thing again. No, get Skrillex. Sure. Daryl Braithwaite. <laughs> no, bring... Daryl Braithwaite and Skrillex. John Farnham. Skrillex. Bring back John Farnham. And and Puddle of Mud. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I reckon this conversation. I would love to say this. I would lo- like we maybe we should do a collab one. Daryl Braithwaite. Oh. Skrillex. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe John Farnham. Imagine if Twiggy's got the <laughs> Twiggy's got the purse strings and he's saying, say, doing it. Have you not? Have you not seen the enti- the entire weekend for Super Round? Is it's glorious. So you have Daryl Braithwaite on the Sunday, and then you have HP Boys on Saturday. So you go from like like I think it's like proper drill rap on the Saturday into horses. <laughs> Just it's the perfect mix. They've got drill. Have they been banned? Um, the New South Wales government. Remember what was that drill band? One four. Can't remember. I think, yeah, I think it was one four. Yeah, they got like <laughs> put on notice. <laughs> so I mean, I get can't one four out. I love that. I can confirm. I'd get behind one four. Yeah, one four would go hard. We go hard. I reckon. Yeah, get a cl- get a whole club going. What about Millie B? Oh <laughs> yes, do it. We're not doing. If you it. don't know me, I'm M to the B. <laughs> Watch out, Sophie. I think I think I think it's I think it's time to wrap this podcast up if you're gonna start rapping, mate. <laughs>
That, that can be what the Patreon is for. It's for. Just, it's, no, no extra content, yeah. just Nick Cartman. All right, to so all it. of our listeners, if you want us to start a Patreon account, we will provide a free episode of Nick Hartman rapping all of his favourite tunes. Wait, wait, wait. Who's hosting? Oh, you. Are you cutting all of this no, out? No, this is all Let going in. <laughs> I'm giving you some work. I'm giving you some work. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, obviously, we found out tonight that Nathan Williamson, who is a rugby union journalist, A, doesn't know much about uh, Marxism, or B, doesn't really engage in, like, a sociological theory about like nationalism and how that's represented. So a shame on me for bringing that up. <laughs> um, we're clearly anti-intellectual just, here. I apologize. We just I, talk I need, about man more. carrying boat into other men and crashing hard. <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll do my research for the next part. Apologies. That's, that's on me. Uh, that's that's all right. Me. That's all right. Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. It's, um, we can't all know who Antonio Gramsci is. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm not editing this podcast, so likely, you know, it won't sound real crisp and all that kind of jazz. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nathan. Um, they've got a bit of homework. Don't you worry, listener. Um, they'll be read up soon on all things life. Um, and uh, anyway, catch you again soon. While you stay down at the beach getting your moon tan on. <laughs> Enjoy the beach. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick and Nick's there. We're not going to run a Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff? <laughs> <laughs>